Hello, you are about to hear a preview version of a premium episode that I did interviewing Mike Goodman. This was done for Arsenal Vision patrons and also for the Canon Stats podcast. If you want to hear the full episode, you can go to canonstats.com where you can just sign up for $5 a month. Um, also, the Arsenal Vision Patreon page will also give you access to this. Um, and you'll get a, a bunch of cool special episodes and additional articles and all those fun things to do. So I hope you enjoy the preview and let's get into it now. All right. I think we got something new, exciting, different to talk to you about, and it's going to be not Arsenal related. And to bring in um, someone who's got more experience than not arsenal things and probably pays a little bit more attention to it i am very excited to be welcomed by mike goodman you probably know him from the double pivot podcast and then also from his job as the senior soccer editor for cbs sports mike you you help produce the the galazzo starting 11 newsletter right that's one of your your big things that you get to do yeah, that's right. I write it most, if not all, of the time. We go out three days a week. You should all subscribe to it. Uh, you can find it at cbssports.com slash soccer. And it's whatever the biggest news in soccer is on a, on a daily basis, we show up with it in, in your email inbox. That's one of the things we've done over there at cbssports.com where we do, you know, we cover everything, right? You we have the all. Champions League, we cover, we, cover, we cover it all. And it all goes in the newsletter and you can find all of our stuff there. You can find links to our show, like the shows, all the stuff. It's great. Yeah. No, you know what? I, I was almost expecting you to like go into the double pivot stuff, you know, do all the things because that's, that's usually your spot right after. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm doing well. You know, we've got a Discord. You got, yeah. There is, a, yeah there is a, a Discord here, but, you know, if you're a, a Patreon member, you're probably already on it. But yeah, it's a, a good stuff. But yeah, I definitely enjoy the, the double pivot Discord as well. I will pop in there from time to time. Yeah, that's it's it's a that that's our double pivot Discord where it's the soccer Discord. But I know in there today, there's been like extensive discussion of like the implications of AI and uh, you know, Civ Six and all sorts of definitely soccer related stuff. Oh, I mean, that's you know, we we, we try. I know on you know Arsenal Vision, we try to like kind of have containment channels for different things, but they break out and like they they just always end up where they're you know everybody always gathers around. Yeah, yeah, probably, was... We all try to have to like find something new that's <laughs> not Twitter related, right? Or at least try to like wean off of that somehow. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think part of the reason we launched that Discord was just this idea of like, well, if Twitter either goes away or degrades, like we want to have somewhere to keep talking to each other. So, so that was certainly part of it. Yep. So I brought you on because so my, my, my plan, you know, usually I think about what to, I was talking about last year and, you know, a lot of the focus was on, you know, getting into the, the Champions League and, you know, you're always watching the title race. But, you know, that's where Arsenal was last year was fighting for the, you know, the final spots of the Champions League. And I expected that to be kind of my focus this year, too. But it hasn't been. And I'm not nearly as plugged in to what's the going on. And I thought maybe some of the Arsenal fans might be in that same boat. So Mike, you're going to help us get up to speed on the, the big race here for the fourth. Yeah, place trophy. It's, it, it's a good year for, for there to be for a top four race. There's it's, it's pretty interesting. There's a number of spots. There's two, one to two spots in play really. Yeah. I mean, Manchester city have a, have a pretty like they have a one point, but two games in lead hand. Uh, two games in hand lead over yeah. fourth. So it's, they have a good advantage, but like, and we'll get into it, the, the on level of play, they're not all that distinct from the teams chasing them. So really you've got United in third, Spurs in fourth, Newcastle fifth, Liverpool sixth, and even Brighton in seventh, who all have 
you know, non-negligible chances at finishing in the top four spots. Yeah. Well, I guess we should just confirm, right? You, I, I mean, I believe that Arsenal are pretty much a lock at this point to finish in the top four. I think Manchester City are <laughs> yes. pretty much a lock to finish in the top four. I was looking at this the other day and I was like, even if Arsenal don't win another match, 69 points might still be enough to get your fourth place this year. I mean, both of the, both Arsenal and City are like over 99% on 538. I like it. It would take, you know, a, a meltdown of, of asteroid hitting the stadium level proportions to, to not make top four for those two teams at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, that take here. So I think that that brings us to, I, I wanted to start with uh, the Manchester United. Their title challenge was quite exciting though, right? <laughs> I know it's been an Arsenal thing, right? Where they, they make fun of the idea that United were ever in the title race because they weren't really ever in the title race. What, what did legitimately happen ha- happen is that after the World Cup, through a combination of, of playing well, running well, and having a fairly easy schedule, United ran off a series of results. Yeah. And those results showed a team that is improved over where they were. Mm-hmm. But if you sort of look at the underlying numbers, you see a team that's much closer to the top four race than the top two race. And then I think the reality of the points is that, like, you know... They're they're how they're eleven points behind Manchester City with a game in hand, but still like, th- yeah. th- there was never really a title race. Yeah, so I, I'm looking here. So well, I think part of it too, right, is like there was a chance that they could catch Manchester City. There was a chance that they could catch Arsenal. There was not a huge chance that they are going. They were ever going to catch both of them and overtake both of them at the same yeah, time. Yeah, sort of what was going to have to happen, right, was that. United would have to play well and run well, and then the teams in front of them would have to play bad and run bad. And you can sort of imagine a world where one of those happens. Yeah. But like the world where one of those happens is the world where the other one of them runs away with the title. Right? Exactly. So, you know, which isn't to say, like, I want to be clear, like, I don't think Manchester United is a bad team by, by, by any stretch of the imagination, really. But when you sort of look at the, the numbers, and it's not just, like they have a plus six goal difference, which like is a little bit eye poppingly low. Yeah, it is funny. You look at the table and it's like that really just stands out as odd compared to the teams around them, right? Right. But then you look at you look at the other numbers, their expected goal difference is is better than than Tottenham's. It's sort of kind of in line with with, with a Liverpool's or or and you know a little behind the, the, the other contenders here. And then they have the, the sort of points advantage. So if you're 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 Looking at the likelihood of top four, you know, they've got a, I, I think 538 has them at like 75%. And that, that's exactly yeah. right. I mean, I think there's a lot of worlds down the stretch where they don't really even get sucked into a top four race. They're a good team. Where, where would you rate them over here? Oh, so just, let me just do a couple of this. So it's set the, you know, the, the baseline here. So my odds, I have them 75%, 538, 74. The betting odds are very high on them, um, implying about 86%. I feel well, they're Manchester United. Yeah, right. They've always felt like the betting odds have been really pushed them, but I think yeah, somewhere in that seventy-five to eighty percent range feels about right for me. Yeah, I think I, I think that that's right, and I, I and again, I think that is mostly because when you get to this point late in the season, you know the the lead itself does a lot of work, and they have games in hand and a point lead over teams chasing them, and two of those teams would have to catch them. Yep. And so like it's just sort of the structural situation of the race now, not really a commentary on sort of the underlying level of the teams per se, just really does stack the deck in United's favor. And then you get into like, well, how good are they really compared to these other teams? And even if the other teams are slightly better, which I think you could make an argument, like the 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 lead that United has is very real. Mm-hmm. 
So where would you like kind of put them if you were ranking the teams? Because I think I kind of have them. I, it, I think it's kind of hard, right? They're somewhere between third and fourth for me. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that is majorly difficult is that the best version of this United team is the one that has Casemiro and Christian Eriksen in midfield, Mm -hmm. and you're just not sure how many minutes those two are going to... Christian Eriksen's been out for a while now, and you don't really know if he's going to play meaningful minutes over the rest of the season. So I think that the well, and then yeah, and Casemiro just you know keeps getting himself suspended, right? So he's right. going to you know that's seven games that he's going to miss now from the red cards. And and part of this, you know, part of it is they do have a lack of depth. That's part of you know when you're when you're examining how good a team is, they don't have a lot of midfield depth. And they added uh, Marcel Sabitzer in January, which has turned out to be quite an effective sort of you know patchwork move same with with Woot Weghorst as mm-hmm. their strikerish thing yeah the, the striker false nine thing that he's playing yeah, yeah. but so I, I mean i think i would have them 30ish 4thish if they were healthy okay i think given that they're not healthy i think 4th 5th maybe 6th sort of on depth of talent in during the running but i think that like Again, because of all that, you would still expect them to finish top four. Unless, you know, they they both play bad and run bad. Which, again, is possible. But I just think they have... Like, this is not... This is not... There have been times over the last few years where United have had hot stretches. And you could say, obviously, this team is not all that good, but they are very hot. Yeah. Uh, and then... Those times have all come home to roost. Uh, I don't look at this team and see that, right? Like I see a team that has a lot of effective pieces kind of put together that plays well when they are playing well. And that has done enough that you look at, you know, you look at the numbers and you say, okay, you know, this team is legit. This team is, especially on the, really on the defensive side of the ball, they're a good defensive team and they're a competent attacking team. And that is enough for me to say, like, yeah, I don't think that this is a mirage, really. Mm-hmm. Despite, you know, the er- obvious areas where they can strengthen. You know, you talk about midfield, you can talk about maybe needing a, a real center forward. But on the whole, what you've seen in Eric Ten Hag is for the first time, I think, in years, like a team that is playing well under a manager with a plan and an idea and not a team that is sort of getting hot for stretches of time while still having like really deep and apparent flaws. Yeah. And because I know you kind of think back to, uh, you know, when they were good two seasons ago, there was a major difference between what they were producing goals wise versus kind of the expected numbers this year. The expected numbers have really kind of backed up the goal difference numbers. Actually, sometimes even being a little bit better than, you know, the actual goal difference yeah, they've numbers. Run, they've run a little behind their expected goals. And I I mean, not dramatically one way or the other. But yeah, I do in my mind, I compare this a lot to the sort of the Ole years with Manchester United. And the Ole years when they were running well, it was pretty apparent that what was going on was not sustainable. Right. It was pretty apparent that that they were scoring in particular way out over their yeah. skis and it was always going to come back home to roost. Here, what you're seeing is, well, Marcus Rashford has been sort of out, you know, playing out of his mind for a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he, his scoring has been quite high in a way that you expect to kind of come back to earth. But the team as a whole is Pretty in line with their underlying numbers, really, on the base of the season. Um, actually, and actually, as you said, a little behind them, in fact. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was looking this up, and so on, on my numbers, I've got them beating XG by, you know, two or more XG in a match nine times and allowing under one XG 11 times. And I think those are very respectable, solid numbers for the team. Um, I was also looking here, like, in the close games, those are the ones where I think that they've actually been really good. Um, I think they are the only behind Arsenal and Fulham at getting points in matches where the XG is plus or minus one in Sozland. So they're, you know, just under 1.9 points per game in those matches. Well, so I think, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think when you see, when you see that result, it <laughs> suggests a team that is maybe getting somewhat more points than their underlying numbers might suggest they, they quote unquote should. Yep. And so it, it isn't particularly surprising then that you look at them and say, oh, right, they've opened up a points gap over a number of other teams who they are sort of in line with or even slightly behind uh, statistically. Yeah, no, I think that that really kind of helps to tell the story too, right? So it's like they have good numbers, but the they're probably doing a little bit better than solidly third place team, right? I think that's been, right. yeah, on, on, a, on another kind of year, this is a team that could be anywhere from, you know, third to fifth. And right now they're at the upper portion of, you know, the outcomes. Right, which is sort of, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting as we go through these teams, because what we're going to see, I think, is sort of a, a, a pretty straight continuum here mm-hmm. for teams that are uh, somewhat towards the top end of what their numbers suggest to teams that are closer to the bottom end. Yeah. And I think that that sort of augurs well for a race down the stretch in the season, right? Because what you would expect is that the teams towards the top of this race are maybe going to get points at a slightly slower rate than they have season to date. And that the teams sort of at the bottom here are maybe going to do a little bit better. And which would sort of by gravity in a vacuum, gravity in a vacuum, (laughs) pull everything together and create a really nice race. All right. Anything else on Manchester United? Not really. I mean, I think... I think we Look, expect them to probably get out of it, right? I think it would take yeah. a bit of a collapse for them to not finish in the top four. It would not be surprising to see them finish fourth. I think yeah. it would be pretty surprising to see them fifth. Is, yep. is yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at too, right? Yeah, it would be, it would take some, either some teams getting really hot behind them because I think that this team is good enough to get the points required. You know, th- their points gap and, you know, the team quality, I don't expect them to, you know, really fall apart. Yeah, that's right. And and then, you know, sort of if we're going to move right on down to Tottenham here, their yeah, closest competitor is probably the only team on this list whose underlying numbers are worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do, what do you make of uh, Tottenham, right? They pulled the trigger. You know, Antonio Conte did the whole George Costanza thing of <laughs> absolutely fire me. And they did. Well, I guess it's mutual consent, but it was uh, please fire